Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show! Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your stories, to me, has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there, no questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not, not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story, and their story is your story, and then it's our story, and then it's a podcast, so it's everybody's story, and then you've shared it, and gosh, that's great, huh? And even if you don't think you're a nerd, you probably are. It's easily the most Midwestern thing I've ever been a part of. everybody, I'm Eric Arno, and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast on tour. This week, we've got part two of our Seattle show, recorded at the wonderful Wayward Coffee House on Mother's Day back in May. Uh, Seattle's always been kind to the Nerdalogs, and we were fortunate enough to bring out our lovely friends Mike Robles, Chris Michelotti, and Savella Flagg, who you may remember from an earlier Chicago episode, uh, to share pieces with us this week. Plus, you get music just from me, because only I went on tour, and my dog, but she's not that musically talented. Sorry, AC. Uh, just like last week, we've got a small caveat that there is a little bit of background noise, especially towards the beginning of this episode, because Wayward was full of students studying for finals that night, uh, and also they were full of this weird nerdy storytelling show from Chicago competing for space. Uh, but the venue was so accommodating and kind to us, so definitely grab some drinks from them if you happen to be in Seattle soon. They were great. Thank you, Wayward. Uh, show plug, our next live Your Stories recording is this Sunday, July 16th at the Beat Kitchen in Sweet Home Chicago. We're partnering up with the organization Sit, Stay, Read, a group that helps encourage literacy by bringing dogs to the classroom, for real. They're really great and do amazing work, and if you come to our show, your $5 cover at the door goes completely towards supporting their mission. Pretty cool, right? Uh, so check us out upstairs at the Beat Kitchen at 7pm this week. We'd love to see you there, and we also have a few slots open for storytellers if you've got a piece you're itching to share. Just email yourstories at nerdalogs.com with a brief story pitch, and we'll get back to you ASAP. Man, it's hard to believe this tour was two months ago. Where has the summer gone? I don't know. I mean, I guess it's still happening, but man, two months ago. Anyway, step back in time with me. Let's enjoy the close of our Seattle journey. Um, I'm gonna try to get a little, uh, little sultry up in this coffee house. Speaking of songs of night in the title, you guys know where I'm going. Yeah. What's up, Xander? Not cool, guys. Was a little too tall, could've used a few pounds. Tight pants, hardly renowned. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes. 
points all our own sitting way up high Heavy. Out in the back seat of my six to Chevy, working on mysteries without any clues. Working on a nine news, trying to make some front page driving news. Working on a nine news in the summertime. That whole choir like singers got. We want to love, oh no, far from in. We weren't searching for some high in the sky summit. We were just young and restless and born, living by the sword. These lyrics are weird. Sail away every chance we could to the back room alley of the trusty woods. I used her, she used me, but neither one can. Getting a share, working on the nine moves. Trying to use, lose those awkward teenage blues. Working on the nine moves. Alright, let's go to the last chorus. A lot of weird stuff in here. I think maybe Bob's kind of a creepy guy. Remember that, well, let's just assume the characters in this song all were consenting uh, young adults. Or else Bob Seeger is not welcome at my parties. Working on the nine moves. Trying to make some front page driving news. Working on the nine moves. Some Bob Seeger. Thank you. So I'm going to play my favorite artist, my spirit animal. I've been playing him a lot on this tour. If you listen to the podcast, you know that is Mr. Bruce Springsteen. And I just now discovered the first casualty of this tour, which is I lost my harmonicas in San Francisco. That sounds like a song. Ironically, it's a song that would be made better if I had my harmonicas to play the blues with. That's okay, I'm just going to have to find a guitar center tomorrow. But for now, I'll go without, so... Just pretend uh, the ghost of Clarence Clemens is here, filling in for that sweet solo. This is called Prove It All Night. Well, I've been working real hard trying to get my hands clean Trying to drown this dusty road from Monroe to Angeline to buy you a gold ring and a pretty dress of blue Baby, just one kiss We'll get these things to you A kiss to seal the fate tonight A kiss to prove it all night Prove it all night There's nothing else that we can do But prove it all night Prove it all night Girl, I'll prove it all night for you Everybody's got a hunger Hunger that can't resist There's so much that you want You deserve much more than this If dreams came true Well, wouldn't that be nice? Well, this ain't no dream 
We're living through the night Oh, you want it, you take it You pay the price Prove it all night Prove it all night Prove it all night, baby Call their bluff Perfectly. Let's just pretend that that's the case. You'd swear I was playing a saxophone with no fingers. It sounded that good on the harmonica. Well, that's all right. Baby, tie your hair in a long white bow. Meet me in the field behind the dynamo. You hear their voices telling you not to go. They made their choices, and you'll never know what it means to steal, to cheat. To lie, what is back to live and die? So prove it all night, prove it all night, prove it all night, baby. Call them love, prove it all night, prove it all night, prove it all night for your love. to the stage, a stay-at-home dad, a variety streamer on Twitch, and also a gentleman who told me he is bored as hell, Mr. Mike Robles. How does that keep you bored? I actually love that you said my wife's name perfectly, but messed up my last name. Oh, I wasn't sure which was right, so I split the difference. No, that's good. That's all right. That's great. I guess I could have asked, well, what fun is that? Yeah, that's true. Everybody screws it up. So what's up, everybody? So, case it's not obvious, I'm a brand new parent. I could not have timed that any better if I tried. Uh, and so the thing about pregnancy is pregnancy is awful. Like, don't let anyone tell you any differently. It's not like the best time in the world. Between the irritability, the weight gain, and the sleeplessness, I was a mess. Like, real bad. Uh, my favorite part, though, is getting up to that point. Everyone always tells you the movies in theater are like, oh, man. But practicing is the best part. Like, practicing to get the baby. No, that is just as awful. It's horrible. When we started trying... Is the little girl gone? I want to make sure because we're going to get some, we're going to get, talk about some mature stuff here. When we started trying, we cut out a bunch of fast food, we started exercising, and I lost 15 pounds, which is awesome. However, all of that sucked because I was just miserable all day. It gets worse because you have to start scheduling sex. You have to be like, we need to get home at this time of day and make sure we're doing it. I got to be facing the right way. My legs got to be a certain way. It's horrible. You know what the last thing I want to do when I come home from work is? Work. <laughs> and when you don't get pregnant later on that month, it's like a performance review. It's like, well, Mike, you did pretty good early in the month. Uh, I can tell you got really tired around this time. 
and I'm really sorry to say this, but you're not going to get your baby this time. It's like, well, God damn it. What, like, I just wasted a whole month of my time. <laughs> which, which, you know, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. Uh, babies are also stupid expensive. We miscarried twins, and, you know, you're like, oh, man, that sucks. No, actually, because we had to pay twice as much for everything. Twice as much in the hotel, or in the hotel, I wish, in the hospital. Uh, twice as much for all of the, uh, all of the toys, all the clothes. It's just, and I'm like, you know what? This works out fine. We're going to get one and done, and let's do it that way. Uh, it gets crazy because a lot of the times, science works against you. Science, everyone wants you to procreate, everyone wants you to do things, but science works against you in the craziest ways possible because you never know what you're going to get. You're rolling the die literally every time, and if your dungeon master is a real dick, you're going to roll a one, and that's just what's going to happen. Uh, eventually, though, we got a beautiful baby boy. The wife was a rock star during the pregnancy. As she said earlier, she had a 40-plus hour labor, uh, It was and it was insane. She did 40 hours of natural labor, uh, and that whole time, uh, I didn't know what to do, because you don't know what to do. You're just like, keep going, baby. Like, there's not much you can do. Uh, after that, she had uh, six hours with an epidural. Uh, and by that point, you don't have to do anything. She's high as hell. She's like, keep it up, baby. Nice job. Uh, and then eventually, she got the C-section. And when you get the C-section, they take you behind this room. They take you into this room. And they're like, we're going to put this tarp up. We recommend don't look over the tarp. And I'm like, well, why? And they're like, we're going to cut her open. We're going to do all these things. It's like, that's, that's fine. That's whatever. Uh, and you know that scene in Ghostbusters where they're like, don't look at the trap. And the first thing that happens is they look at the trap. I looked at the trap. I, looked, I decided to peek over. And I don't know what I saw. But there were organs and craziness. And I was like, that is an image that is now burned into my head. I'm never going to get rid of it. But it got us our baby boy, which is awesome. Yeah, he's great. Babies themselves are also not great. Everyone's like, ah, oh, it's a miracle. It's a little miracle. No, you're never prepared for a child. No matter how much you prepare, you will not be prepared for a child. After we brought him home, there was so much that I was not prepared to deal with. The crying, the yelling, the diaper changing. And on top of that, I had to take care of my baby boy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I've never heard childbirth compared to Ghostbusters before. That's pretty rad. We are definitely earning the title of Nerdalogs tonight. Thank you so much, Mike. Xander, you're awesome. I'm sorry I sang a creepy Bob Seger song to you a few minutes ago. Coming next to the stage, this gentleman has been a crucial part of all my PAX experiences because he is just such a, a kind, cool dude to hang out with. We went and got lunch at the Athenaeum last time I was in town. The Athenian, which is like the lamest, most touristy place you can go, and I love it. Their seafood lasagna is top-notch. I'm going to try to get a podcast sponsorship out of that plug, by the way. Anyway, we're off topic. This dude is a uh, burgeoning game designer. His first Kickstarter is about to launch. It's a game called Escape the Fest. It's about getting out of uh, an EDM festival alive. You have to find like your keys, your cell phone, your car, um, your buddies. It's really, really fun. This is Chris Michelotti. Hi, guys. Um, all right, cool. So I kind of wrote this story down. Um, this is... This is me trying to keep uh, this family friendly, so I, I need it written down. <clears throat> All right. A small radio playing in the corner, a desk lamp providing light, toys, Legos, Lincoln Logs, and other miscellaneous objects set the scene. 
The stage is an old burgundy rug on top of an old wood floor. The sound of rain on a tin roof lulling me to sleep. I was exhausted, but I was doing everything I could to avoid sleep. I escaped into created worlds and lived vicariously through my characters. The reason I chose to remain sleepless... There you go. Was, ...was simply because I was a bedwetter. Practically every day started with the same feelings of shame, disgust, and sadness. My parents and I tried everything. Avoiding caffeine, no liquids after a certain point, uh, reward charts... A strange device that attached to your underwear to create an alarm once it sensed you were wet. Which I don't ever know how that even helped. Which it, didn't. <laughs> it uh, honestly, it just woke everybody else up and let them know that you failed. <laughs> Eventually, my parents just got angry. Maybe they were, they were afraid that I was broken. Um, I don't blame them, but this continued until I was about 13. Side note, did a little research. About 3% of the population of people actually wet the bed at the age of 12 and on. So it was interesting being in the minority. This issue impacted my social life, avoiding friendships because friendships led to sleepovers, which led to wetting the bed at somebody else's house. I can actually count the number of sleepovers I have had and gone to on one hand. Of course, another reason was because my mother would have to warn the parents, and kids can sense when their parents treat their friends differently. The very last time I wet the bed was actually at a sleepover. My friend Matt and I lived two houses apart, and I followed all the rules. Then early in the morning, I felt that familiar sensation of liquid around me, hot, then suddenly cold. I rolled out of bed fast and told Matt to get out too. Of course, he was in shock, and I started to take care of the situation like I've always had. His mother came in and helped finish the cleaning. I walked back to my house and just went to my room. I had never been so afraid to go to school. When I did go to school that Monday... Matt and I were still friends, and to my knowledge, not a soul was told. Nobody knew. He didn't have to do that. He could have ruined my life, but he decided to show grace when he didn't have to. And he was one of the first people that I called friend. Of course, his family moved. My family moved as well. I got older. My sleepless nights continued. My fears have shifted. I am no longer a bedwetter, thankfully. <laughs> I am, though, almost 30, jobless, afraid that my creations won't translate well to others, afraid that I am turning into my father, afraid that there may be a God, afraid that there is no God. I'm afraid that I will see, in the, will see the World War III. Though most of these nights when I'm awake, I stare into a black abyss, the breathing of my wife being the only reminder of my reality. I am loved, I am understood, and I am alive. Now all I need is to find my tiny radio, my desk lamp, some Legos, an old burgundy rug, and the sound of rain on a tin roof, so that I can be a kid again, creating worlds, this time not out of fear, but out of my new reality, which is in love. Sleep still can wait.
that list of fears maybe just like a little too real for me. Uh, I'm over 30, jobless. Let's see what, uh, World War Three. yeah, that's the thing. Um, I got a, the, instead of the wife, I've got the dog who sleeps next to me. That's pretty good. Dogs are good for calming you down. It has been really great traveling with her in the passenger seat. Like, she is the best uh, uh, Will Riker that there is. She's better than Will Riker, I think. I take her over Will for my number one any day. You guys, we have one storyteller left, and this is really exciting because this woman told one of my favorite stories of all time on the show in Chicago, and in that story, see, I always, I'm jealous of the ability to tell a story that ends while you're telling it like i don't know if you've seen the batman animated series episode almost got him but like joker's story where he he's captured catwoman and like that story hasn't ended when he starts to tell it so this woman started telling a story about moving to seattle at a, a show of ours two years ago and while she was telling the story she bought her train ticket to seattle and she hasn't come back so this is the best closure i can imagine for this little arc of our podcast please welcome designer sabella flag Hello. So, uh, just like Eric said, the last time I was on Nerdalogs, I was at a crossroads. And I'm wondering if anyone else does this, where they look back on their lives and they try to find uh, some pivotal moments where you could have gone left, but you went right, or you went forwards instead of backwards, and tried to picture the person you could have been, and not as... Not as a value judgment, not as like, oh, it would have been so much better had I done this, but just as like, you're kind of curious and wondering what it could possibly be like. So last time I was on, on their logs, I was trying to, uh, well, I'd already decided that I was moving here, uh, and I didn't do one last crucial step, which was to actually buy my plane tickets. So if I did that exercise then and thought about what life would be like had I stayed in Chicago, that wasn't much of a leap because I'd been in Chicago. I'd keep doing the same things I, I had been doing. But one thing that would be a real exercise of the imagination would be trying to picture what my life would have been like if I had, in high school, decided not to go to college and instead dedicate my mind, body, and soul to the Lord. <laughs> I wanted to be many things growing up. Some of these things I still want to be, like a tornado chaser, which I plan on doing once I retire from what I'm doing now. But uh, senior year of high school, I was really conflicted. Uh, like, do I want to do, uh, do I want to pursue writing? Do I want to do graphic design? Do I want to do fashion design? Do I want to do web design? Or like, maybe become a bride of God, dedicating myself to spreading the joy and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you've never been a religious person, or if religion has never interested you, this may seem really weird to think of uh, a, a girl of her own free will considering this. But to me, it made total sense. I spent the majority of my formative years in Catholic institutions. I went to schools where attendance to church was not only mandatory, but it affected your grades. And that sort of upbringing is ingrained in you. To this day, I catch myself length checking my skirts and my shorts and my dresses, which if you don't know what that is, it's like you put your hands to your side, and if your hem is longer than your longest finger, you're good. If it's shorter, then the Lord is disappointed in you. <laughs> Someone right now could start saying the Lord's Prayer, and I'd have to fight myself to not follow along. Or if someone greets me and says, you know, the Lord be with you, then I have to say, like, also with you. Peace, peace to God. Walk in the light. All of that. And 
moving to the suburbs and going to a public school didn't damper that zealousness of anything. It kind of brought it out a little bit more. Uh, and that didn't begin to change into my middle years of, of college. So I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and if you've never been or don't know anything about it, it's a place that's very devoid of resources. There aren't many common community areas besides schools and besides churches. And my entire life, whenever I'd seen good things done for the community, it was always within the context of the church. It's where you'd go to get food when you didn't have any, you'd get clothes, you'd get school supplies. Uh, you're supposed to go to church and feel safe. And I wanted to do good, so at a very young age, I made the connection that the only way to do good was through the church, so if I wanted to do good, I had to become part of the church. Now that I'm older, I've expanded my idea of what community is, and I've learned there's obviously many other ways that you can do good. But it's fun to think back and try to figure out what my life would be like had I decided to become a nun. I'd like to think that I'd keep a little bit of my personality. Maybe I'd rebel a little and do like Bantu knots under my wimble, which is the white piece, or I'd smuggle like stray animals into the abbey and take care of them. I'd probably say things like unironically, like, get the devil off your back, or I'll pray for you and bless your heart, which is a different type of bless your heart than the way older southern ladies like my grandma and her friends use it, which is more of a, mm-hmm, bless her heart, which is a veiled, like, that person needs help, but I am not the one, so I'm going to pray for the Lord to slap some sense into them. I did find ways a couple of months ago to draw back on that experience just a little bit, when I came across some ignorance on my Facebook feed, which if you want to be sleepless, just scroll through your Facebook feed. I'm sure we all have people who we're friends with and we're just like, why? But you never do anything about it. But there had been, there has been so much like mess and craziness going on and this person posted something and she caught me in a mood and I just had to say something. So this person. Uh, was upset because Starbucks had, Starbucks had just announced that they were going to hire thousands of refugees. And her logic was she'd been hearing stuff on the news that refugees were just always dangerous no matter what. And Starbucks were in, you could find Starbucks in nice neighborhoods, so refugees would have to live in nice neighborhoods to work there, and she was not okay with that. That was unacceptable. The refugees could be in her area, the nice area. So I wrote something back <laughs> to her. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read my response. <laughs> so, blah, 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 her name. <laughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. One thing that caught my eye from your comment was all about the things you see in the news. And I know what you mean. The news I see makes me very afraid of white men. I see them in the news all the time going on spree killings, and I have to work alongside them every day, especially since 75% of rampage killings are done by white males. Wikistat. It can be hard to believe if you only listen to one type of news, but there's even a map, and then I linked to a Mother Jones map, and someone even made an Excel doc, and I linked to that. And if you count how many shooters there have been, there have been more white ones. Just in case you don't want to count, I did. 48 white mass killers, 14 black, 6 Asian, etc., etc. Truly scary numbers. This site has been circulating and I think might help us both. And the site All Sides has been getting really popular, and so I posted a link to that, so allsides.com, check it out. I don't work for them, but I like them. You can see news from all sides together and can finally see a full picture of what's happening in the news. 
I'm really hoping it helps me to trust white folks again, especially even though there are so many more of you and you seem so violent. And I hope it helps you to trust your brown neighbors and their families. And this last part I want to dedicate to my grandma and her sassy, sassy friends. I ended it with, have a blessed day. <laughs> so even though in high school I went one way versus the other, sometimes it's fun to pull out bits of alternative you and use it when the time is right. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody making her triumphant return. Thank you so much, Sabella. I think, did you get a bunch of replies on that comment? Because I think that popped up in my feed, and I didn't know your friend who posted that initially. But I remember reading that comment. That was awesome. Also, yeah, you, watch out for white guys. Like, do you, you hear that shit? I'm sorry. Do you hear that stuff Bob Seger was saying earlier? You gotta watch out for people like that. You can't trust those guys. Come on. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. This has been amazing. This is, uh, I'm going to say, so Seattle, this is no lie. I know this is like such a rock star thing. Like, where are we at? No, Seattle is for real my favorite city. And this has been, you've been the nicest crowd. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, feels really good to do a show here and have a really good time with you guys. So thank you. I'm going to do one more song. If you want to follow the tour, it's all on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash nerdalogs. Uh, we're posting audio the day after, or these will be podcast episodes officially eventually every monday we post the show i think that's all i want to say so yeah thank you all guys and uh go buy some coffee be nice to the bar staff that's a really cool place all right songs of night in the title you guys heard of this band uh i heard they're bigger than jesus no offense abella uh <laughs> nope Man, that's not the right chord it's something like it's a weird chord anyway it's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night, I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get over you and find the thing that you do, I make it feel alright. You know I work all day to get your money to buy your things. It's worth it just to hear you say, you're gonna give me everything.
my favorite show on the tour. Thank you guys so much. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.